0: Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's a pleasure to be in the house of the Lord with you this evening. I was so excited when I hit 59 South. Not because I wanted to leave where I was at, because I wanted to get where I was going to. There's some places that you just are happy when you go, and there's some places you're happy when you leave. I... I We have been in revival for five weeks in Livingston. God did wonderful things. We enjoyed ourselves. The Lord did great things. And there's some churches that you want the Lord to tarry in what he does. I tell my wife, there's other churches you want the Lord to do a quick work. Nonetheless, we are delighted to be in the house of the Lord with you this evening. I appreciate Brother Hughes, Sister Hughes, and this church family. I want to share with you what is on my heart this evening and trust that we'll all be open to the Word of God and to the Holy Ghost this evening. Book of Psalm, chapter 27, verses 4 and 5. The Bible says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Verse 4 said, to behold the beauty of the Lord. It's from that thought that I will preach tonight under this heading. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Can we lift our hands to heaven right now? Let's ask the Lord to minister in this house tonight. Father, we need you now more than ever. My Lord Jesus, we bind every a spirit that would hinder, that would oppose the work of the Holy Ghost. Lord, have your way in the building tonight. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord? I love you, Jesus. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated this evening. Love, as many of you know, is a crazy, crazy thing. It will make people do things that they look back on and go, what was I thinking? It comes in so many different packages. It comes in... So many different varieties. It happens to people uh, just so many different ways, this thing that we call love. People today are searching feverishly for someone they will fall in love with. Hollywood has blurred the lines of reality, causing many young women, young men, and shall I say older women, and older men to believe that love will happen to them like it happened in the movie or in the book. Hollywood portrays this. A guy breaks up with a girl as he's boarding the plane. He recognizes his mistake, runs back to her apartment, sweeps her off of her feet. They live happily ever after. That's just the thing being projected. But here's, here's reality. A guy breaks up with a girl. He boards the plane to fly across the country because he met someone on Facebook, marries the mistress, and forgets all about the old girlfriend. That's reality. They're not putting that on the screen. They're not putting that on the book because it would taint the reality or the the conception that they're wanting you to, to believe that love is. But reality is far different than what they are portraying. Society is saying that you should love the skinniest, the prettiest, and the richest. They, they push beauty as being something exterior. They push beauty as being something that you see with the visible eye. Their focus is on the external. I stand tonight to tell this great church, beauty is not based solely on what you see. If that were the case, guys would be dating mannequins and have a lot fatter wallets. Someone is beautiful because of what's on the inside. Many times, love is based upon the wrong things. Love can never be based upon outward appearance because tragedy can strike And leave the person that you so-called loved maimed. And if your love was based upon the exterior. If your love is based upon what you see. Then when what you see changes. Then your love for that person diminishes. Because your love was based upon physical circumstances your love was based upon what you saw many times it's not even love it's infatuation infatuation is based upon a shallow relationship with the exterior and when that changes Then you're no longer infatuated with what you see. And the reason many times that people are in the church one day, out of the church the next is because something changed with what was, what they fell in love with, what they were infatuated with. And when that changed, then their relationship changed. But when you're in love with that person because of what's on the inside, then it doesn't matter what the physical appearance does. It doesn't matter if an accident causes a terrible disfiguration of the body because you're in love with what's on the inside. That person is beautiful because of what's on the inside. Therefore, you're willing to stay with that person through the thick and through the thin. When you're in love with someone, other people may not see what you see. You, you see it all the time. You go sit in the mall and you'll see this loud and clear. You'll see a, a rather large, plump, oversized guy. And he'll have an attractive young lady by his side. And you're going, how? He must have a lot of money. Or or you see the opposite, a skinny guy, a large gal, and you just see all of these oddities together. And you're sitting from a distance going, I just don't understand it. But no, you're not supposed to. Because you're not seeing what they're seeing. Why? Because beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. You're not seeing that person for what's on the inside. All you're doing is standing, gazing at the exterior. And you're forming an opinion based upon what you see. The common thread in meeting people in relationships like that is their willingness to be seen with the person that they are in love with. They're not ashamed of who they're in love with. They're not ashamed to be seen in public with that person that they're in a relationship with. They are seeing something that no one else sees. Can I tell the church tonight that we will not see the beauty of God until we get over our pride and we are willing to be identified with Jesus Christ. You've got to be more worried about the glory than you are about popularity or acceptance. You've got to be more worried about the glory than you are about social status. The only thing, in my opinion, that is hindering the outpouring of the Holy Ghost of of yesteryears is our willingness to be identified as a lover of Jesus Christ. (coughs) It was in the Old Testament. Every seven years the Hebrew slaves were given an opportunity to walk away from their master free and clear. But if that individual decided to stay because they loved their master, they loved that family then it was the master's obligation to take that love slave down to a post or a place where they put an all through his ear. And that all was a mark of identification to everybody else that says that person is a love slave to that master. They didn't care what anybody thought about them. They didn't care what their family thought about them. only thing that mattered to them was they wanted to please Their master. It was this mentality that forced Paul to stand up and declare boldly, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. My friend, if you want to see the beauty of God, we can't be embarrassed to be identified with the body of Jesus Christ. My goodness. Too many people are in love with him on Sunday and despise him on Monday. They embrace the cross on Wednesday and they push the cross aside on Thursday. Once you see, once he sees your willingness to be identified as one of his, it's then that he will show you his beauty like never before. But he's not going to reveal his beauty. To someone who's not willing to be identified with him. He's not going to reveal his beauty. To someone that's ashamed to represent the deity and the glory of God. David, a man after God's own heart, said one thing. Have I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after. The only thing that drives me, the only thing that motivates me more than going to church to please people. He said that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Why, David? Why do you want to go to the house of the Lord? Why do you want to go to be seen by people? Are you going because somebody's making you go, David? David said, no. Here's why I'm going to the house of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord And inquire in his temple The only reason I'm going Is because when I get there I just want to get my eyes fixed On how beautiful he is I ain't worried about anybody else around me I don't care what the music's like I don't care what anybody says The only thing that drives me Is I've got to see the glory of God I've got to see the beauty of God I'll go there every day I'll stay as long as I can Because it's the beauty of the Lord It's the beauty of the Lord You must understand with me tonight The beauty of the Lord Is constant The Bible said (coughs) That the Lord He said I am the Lord And I change not So the beauty of God Is the same It's never going to change It's never going to be altered So then This poses the question Why do some people like David approach the Lord with such passion while others are so passive? Because beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And David saw a beauty that's not revealed to the person on the outside. David was so passionate because the more he saw, the more he wanted to see the more God revealed to him, it drove him to a deeper place of consecration. It drove him to his knees more often. But it wasn't revealed to that person that just was so passive. It's not revealed to that person that sits in the bleachers and just watches from the side. God will not reveal his beauty to those who are just looking on the exterior. His beauty is only revealed when you get on the inside. It's not going to be evident with the human eye. Too many people are basing their relationship with God off of what they see. And if your relationship with God is based upon the tangible... It based upon what you see, then your relationship with God is subject to change because you are serving God off of what you see, the circumstances, of not off of what you see on the inside, what you feel, your relationship with God. Too many people, when things go south and go sour, then it affects the relationship with God because their relationship with God is tied to the Physical. God never intended for the church to be attractive. He never intended for the church to be what draws the attention. You got Bible for that? I sure do. Let's go to the tabernacle. It was a place that from the outside, it looked kind of just drab. It was... It was on the outside that people looked on and saw a person bringing a sacrifice. And to the person on the outside, they saw something that was so cruel. But that person that was offering the sacrifice, it was something beautiful. Because it was there that their sins were going to be rolled ahead. Uh, Some people stood back and said, I can't believe he'd do that. But they weren't seeing what he was seeing. He was seeing something that was going to affect the salvation of his soul. And once you got past the sacrifice, it was there that you enter into the tabernacle. There was the golden candlesticks. There was the table of showbread. There was the altar of incense. And once you got further in, there was the Ark of the Covenant. It was such a beautiful place that would hows the presence of god but god said i don't want the i don't want people on the outside to see all this he said you cover this whole thing with badger skin he said you put something that's so why why not a fox why not a meat why not something with such a beautiful fur he said i'm going to use that which is unattractive i'm going to use that which is drab and that which is plain because if if they want to see my beauty They've got to get beyond the badger skin. And they've got to get in the place where the presence of God is. Can I tell someone tonight, you're never going to see the beauty of God until you get past the unattractive things. Until you get past the things you don't like about the church. You get past the decisions that you don't like. You get past the hurts you don't like. You're never going to see the beauty of God until you get past The badger skin. God's not going to reveal his beauty to just people who are fixated on the temporal. Fixated on a building. Fixated on a position. Fixated on singing in the choir. Fixated on, hey, that's not where the beauty is. You're looking on the external. You're looking at badger skin. And the badger skin was going to fade. The badger skin was going to get uglier and uglier. But it was on the inside. It was where the beauty is. It was where nobody else could really go. That's where the beauty of the Lord was. God never, I reiterate, never designed the church to be attractive. But once you got on the inside, you saw the beauty, and you fell in love with the beauty of God. If the outside attracts people, I'm not preaching it's a beautiful, beautiful building. I'm trying to make a point. If the church is what attracts people, something's out of order. Because God never intended for the church to be what draws people. It was the beauty of God that draws people. It was the power of everything that happens within the church. is done to point people to the beauty of God. To the glory of God. All the singing. Everything that happens. It's not so people can look at me. It's so people can look at the beauty of Jesus Christ. There is a growing trend today that says the church should be more relevant and attractive. They're trying to make church appealing in hopes of growing numbers. But but God never intended for us to be relevant. He wanted us to be radical. God never intended for us to be like them to win them. He said you're going to be different because what's on the inside of you is what's going to win people. It's not going to be looking like them in hopes of winning them. It's going to be the the spirit of God on the inside that's going to attract people. People today are searching for something different. They're searching for something unique. And they are attracted to that which is different. They're attracted to something that is of a different world. Paul said, preaching isn't supposed to be relevant. Paul said, I came not to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. Why, Paul? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power or the glory or the beauty of God Almighty. That's the point of preaching. It's not to get you to like me. It's not to grow numbers. It's to convict and to point you to Jesus Christ. There's a reason it's called the foolishness of preaching. Preaching isn't supposed to attract a crowd to the man. It's supposed to point us to the beauty of the Lord. You can't put emphasis on things that take away from the glory of God. I don't care how many cans of beanie weenies and potted meat you give out. It does if it takes away from the glory of God. I'm, I'm not I'm not against fundraisers, I'm not against all that stuff. But the main reason we're all coming to the house of God is to behold the beauty of the Lord. We can't let the external shift our focus from the fact that He's still a beautiful God and He's still all-powerful and He still saved your soul and He redeemed you. External conditions does not dictate The beauty of God. As much as this is a beautiful building. They're getting the Holy Ghost in the desert. They're getting the Holy Ghost in Hudson, Africa. And they are seeing the same beauty that you and I saw. Why? Because His beauty is not dictated by the surroundings. His beauty is not dictated by physical circumstances. His beauty is a constant. If you're looking on the outside. If your relationship with God is built upon external, then you're not even seeing all there is to see in the kingdom of God. There are people <coughs> that have been on church pews for years and years, and they're looking at hurts. They're looking at decisions that were made. They don't understand why. They're looking at standards. They're looking at all of these things with the human eye, and they are never seeing the beauty of Of the Lord. As long as you keep focusing on the badger skin. As long as you keep focusing on everything you don't like about the church. And all the hurts of people. So and so. And this one did this one. and As long as you keep focusing on all that. You're never going to see the beauty of God. You're never going to get on the inside. And see what God intended for you to see. When you behold his beauty. It changes you. The more you see more you want to see when you see his beauty standards are not a hindrance they're a protection when you see his beauty fasting is not a nuisance it's a pleasure when you see his beauty praying is not a sacrifice it's an opportunity when you see his beauty witnessing is not uncomfortable it's inviting when you see his beauty servanthood is not demeaning it's rewarding when you see his beauty, Praise is not awkward. It's enthralling. Because when you're in love, you'll do crazy things to show that person how much you love them. When you're in love, then you're not worried about people around you. When you're in love, the only thing that matters is pleasing that person that you're in love with. And you let the the scoffer scoff. You let people say things about you. You let them ridicule you because they're not seeing what you're seeing. Because beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. It was this beauty that drove them on Azusa Street to lay before the Lord hours upon hours upon hours. It, it was this beauty that drove men like Smith Wigglesworth and Charles Finney and many elders that have gone on before us. It was this beauty that drove them to their knees for days upon end without food and just water. Because they the deeper they got the deeper they wanted to go. The more they saw, the longer they wanted to pray. The more beautiful he became, it drove them to see something greater. Beauty (laughs) is in the eyes of the beholder. I've seen people walk out of church. I've heard one say, I didn't get nothing out of that service. And I heard one person right next to him go, it was the best service I was in. What was the difference? Beauty. Is in the eyes. Can I ask you today. What are you looking at? Are you looking at everything you don't like about the church? Are you looking at all the disappointments? Are you looking at everything and going on and talking about them? It It has caused you to shift your focus to the external. When God said I want you to look at me. I want you to look at my power. I want you to look at my beauty. When you see him. Nothing else matters. It was David that was walking back with the Ark of the Covenant from Obed-Edom's house. And the Bible said that David would stop every six paces. It was there that he would offer sacrifices. And he would begin to dance before the Lord in that linen ephod. He got back to, to the place, to the city of David. It was there that his wife looked out of that window and saw him dancing before the Lord. He got back to that house and she looked at him and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today. And I want to tell this church today David's words need to penetrate our minds. He looked at that wife and he said, It was before the Lord. Honey, I I wasn't out there dancing to please you. I wasn't out there offering sacrifices to please you. Uh, I was seeing the beauty of God. Uh, And the more I danced, uh, the more beautiful he became. Uh, You're looking at a box. Uh, I'm looking at the beauty of God. David saw something. Michael was at sea. It was this same concept that drove Paul and Silas surrounded in a prison. Looked like horrible circumstances if their relationship with God would have been based upon physical conditions. It was there they would have thrown in the towel. Because everything around them dictated that God had judged them prematurely. Everything around them dictated that God was nowhere in the building. Surrounded by all of these inmates, it was there that Paul and Silas saw something Something different. And it was what they saw that drove them to begin to praise and sing praises unto God. Everybody looked at them and said, they're crazy. I don't know what they're doing. But beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And because someone saw the beauty of God, everyone's chains were loose. Stand with me. The Holy Ghost is ready to move i am come to tell this church tonight of the Holy Ghost what would happen if we started looking on the inside. What would happen if we saw the beauty of God like when you first got the Holy Ghost uh, and He first cleansed you. Uh, you let all this stuff on the, on the external. You just let it take care of itself. You know, it's amazing how much would change if our focus changed. <coughs> There'd be a lot of less upset people. If you stop looking at all the disappointments and all the things, you don't understand what's going on in the church. It ain't your responsibility to understand what's all going on in the church. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? What would happen if we took David's advice and said, Let's just behold. Because that next verse said, In the time of trouble when things are going south in my life, when everything is going wrong, he said, he's going to hide me in the secret place. Can I tell you something? If you never get on the inside, you won't know what a secret place is. If your relationship is based upon the external, based upon what you see, then you won't know where to go. But there's been a many a times when nobody was around. I found that secret place. It was chaos in my life. Nothing was going right. But because I was in love with Jesus for what's on the inside, I knew where to go. I knew where the secret place was. And it was there that he wrapped me in his arms and let the storm pass by. Let the demons of hell rage Let the naysayers make fun of you all they want Because you're in love with Jesus Because of who He is I wonder tonight if there's anybody in the building That wants to see the beauty of the Lord all over again in your life Come on, eyes closed and hands raised all across the building I want you to think about it once again How He saved your soul How He made you whole How we gave you a fresh start in your life. My friend, if you're here today and you've never received the Holy Ghost, God can give you a brand new start tonight. God can fill you with His Spirit. God can give you a brand new start. These altars are open. Is there anybody in the building that would come down to this front and say, God, I want to fall in love with you all over again? In the name of Jesus, come on, let's all come to the front of this building. God, I want to see you all over again. I want to see the beauty of God all over again.